This is USA Takedown. The best guests. All the hot news and combat sports of wrestling and MMA. With your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now, it's time for USA Uh, Hello again, everybody. Coast to coast, border to border, and all the ships at sea. This is USA Takedown. Coming to you live from the Wachino Studios. Here we take the temperature of the sport each and every week. And uh, we bring it to you. We try to bring the best guests each and every week to be on our Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. This week, no different. Joy Krebs will be filling in uh, with us um, on all things West Coast wrestling, specifically California, as we make ready for next week's exciting program. Uh, we've got uh, some new coaches at Stanford we'll be talking to. And, of course, the return to Cal Poly for three important figures in our sport. Uh, so that'll be uh, Joey Krebs, his responsibility this morning. Bruce Burnett has recently been inducted into the um, National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum. I congratulate him. He'll be on the program in hour number two. Ed Scott will be joining us after an outstanding performance uh, as of late, getting an OW as well on behalf of Team USA at the Pan Ams. Outstanding effort by Ed Scott. Travis Dvorak will be uh, joining us from Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson to talk a little bit about the uh, exciting lineup of entertainment, gaming opportunities, etc. as we check in with Travis Dvorak. We'll talk with Elvis the King Mutapcic uh, coming up. He's got a fight, and I, I think it's tonight here. I'm going to I think, I think it's tonight and that's, it's, it's important to know that most fighters don't like to do interviews on the day of their fight, but, uh, actually it's tomorrow night. So, uh, I think we should be safe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that fight will take place at the Valor ballroom, West Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, but we start the program off with, um, a guy that caught my imagination when as a wrestler at Michigan, uh, he just did an outstanding job. I think his fifth year was 2018, 2019, but now he's making a name for himself on the international front. He is Alec William Pantelio, an American freestyle wrestler and graduated folk style wrestler competing at 70 kilos. Wow. He's 24 years old. Consider this. What's he going to look like in four years for the 2024, uh, Olympics. Okay. Am I doing the math right? 20 minutes. Alec. Joins us now from uh, the Finger Lakes area of uh, New York, where he's helping to train Kyle Dake. I understand he's riding in a car right now with uh, Cornell in the Big Red. That's Mike Gray. So we join up with Alec. Good morning, Alec. How are you? Good morning, Scott. Very good. Very good. Okay, so if you are preparing for an Olympic run in that, what do they call it, a quad something or other? Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Help me out. What year would it be? It won't be 2024, will it? I think it's 2024. It yeah, is. Okay, my math be, is right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, three more years, so that'll go quick. You've literally been traveling the world on behalf of Team USA, making a place for yourself, and that's every wrestler's goal and obligation. But you come off a uh, off a gold medal performance at the 2021 Poland Open, a UWW ranking series event where you knocked off multiple world medalists for the title. Talk to us a little bit about going to a country that far away, some say it's 12 hours, maybe 13 hours away uh, from New York or Washington, D.C.'s Dulles. Uh, what are your thoughts about that travel, and how do you acclimate yourself as an athlete? Well, I mean, if you're going to go over there, you might as well go there to win, right? Right. Um, 
So, no, to be honest, there's always some kind of adversity when it comes to traveling, whether it's jet lag or you just, you know, your sleep cycle is messed up or, I mean, the food. You never know what kind of food you're going to get overseas. Right. Um, but that's why you have to trust in your training and understand that you're prepared. You, you know, the, the hay's in the barn. And, um, yeah, I had everything go wrong. <laughs> I trip over there from, you know, missing my, my sleep schedule and having a little kick, kick in my seat all the whole way for 12 hours. But, you know, you get there, you step on the mat, and you trust your training. You know, I've often said that um, our teams, men's and women's, both Greco Freestyle, should always have a food taster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they used to do well, that in the days of yore. But I, I would I would think there'd be some benefit. Get a guy that enjoys food and willing to try anything. <laughs> that, that's why we have heavyweights on the team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you going to eat that? That's a common-ass question if you're sitting next to the heavyweight on the screen. This thing is 70 kilos. You went with full action, Alec. Can you talk to us about one and one and what that does to drive you? Yeah. I mean, other than um, a leave on the other side, I mean, me and James Green are right there. And, you know, James is one of the best in the world, too. He's a so. Um, definitely a tough pool, but I was able to, you know, redeem myself in that finals match. And, um, again, it's, it's where you get to wrestle through the tournament, not drop out. If, you know, I, I could have easily just dropped out of the tournament. Like I'm not going to win it, but then, right. you know, you, you just cut yourself the option of the possibility of maybe winning it. And I end up doing that. So it's so, it's so important to be comfortable wrestling on the international front, um, in front of crowds that may or may not know you and perhaps your performance allows them the opportunity to get to know you get to know you your style uh to see how hard you train i think um you know training is one thing but most of the time that's done in uh you know uh, private areas uh, gyms that are closed or or what have you so they don't see the kind of hard work that you put into uh prepping for a, an event or a trip in this case uh, and james green does the same thing so uh I think you lost to him 8-0. Then you defeated two-time U23 World Championship fifth-place finisher Alexei Baruta of Ukraine mm-hmm. 10-0 to move on to the semifinals. Talk, because that, these are all stepping stones building back after that first loss, uh, building back and, and working on a series of wins. Yeah, you know, to be honest, um, I didn't know who that guy was that, that was <laughs> U23 placer or took two times fifth place. Um, I don't know who he was. I just knew he was going to go out there and score points. And of course, yeah, I mean, you know who a guy like Haji Aliyev is. I mean, he's certified sure. as one of the best for many years. Um, but I just kind of figured, hey, man, I mean, I'm he's coming up a weight class. I'm big. I'm strong. I'm fast. I feel pretty good. And I'm going to try to score some points. And um, again, I, you know, I, over the past years, I've changed my mindset from being, I'm going to just destroy this guy and I'm going to try and speed <laughs> him up to being, I'm going to try and like find my openings. You know, pick my spot, you know, stay in good position, not give up easy points. And, you know, that's what I'm saying, trusting in your training, understanding you, you know what to do. You just have to stay on focus and do that. You know, some people wonder um, why an athlete of your caliber would be able to take uh, his peak performance, being able to peak, get ready for Tokyo. But that is exactly what you're doing. And uh, it helps to sharpen your skills as well. Uh, and I think yeah. that's a wonderful thing. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I thought my blade was pretty sharp, but then you wrestle a guy like Kyle Dake, and uh, you realize you got a lot more sharpening to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's just he's a perfect combination of what makes a great wrestler. He's, you know, he's fast, he's strong, he has awesome. And, um, you know, you, you, do, you learn a lot from your enemies, more from your enemies than you do from your friends. So even though we're buddies, like, on the map, when, when I step across him, I'm a competitor. And, uh, I mean, I wrestled another day, and I walked off the mat thinking, man, I got I have to do some major reevaluating because, 
the stuff I was doing wasn't working. But that's what makes you become a better wrestler is, you know, critiquing your wrestling, seeing what works, what doesn't work. How can, how can you fine-tune it to work in your, in your, on your behalf? And um, on the senior level, it makes the biggest differences. You know, for example, doing it against guys like Jordan Burroughs, they're, they're both the best in the world, but it's a, t- it's a tactical match, you know, and that's the differences. See, there's, there's a cons- uh, perception by the general public that you guys don't like each other. If you're facing, let's say, James Green across the mat and you've lost to him, you don't have a hatred for him. You, If you do anything, in my estimation, it would be buckling down, figuring out what you did or what you would do differently, and you did that. You flipped the result in your favor. You down Green 5-3. That was a great battle. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about James. First of all, James, is, he's a very, very nice guy, so it's kind of hard to hate him. Right. You know? <laughs> um, but at the same time, if you look at it with a growth mindset, not, you know, like I was defeated, but rather than how can I get better from this, you actually kind of, in a way, go for that test. because Then you understand it, that's, there's no better lesson than defeat. That's what you learn. And those are, you remember your losses more than you win. Right. You know? And um, so in a way, every time I wrestled James, it was little, little tactics that I had to change. And then that last final match was kind of an accumulation of all those little tactical changes. And it worked out on my behalf. But with that said, I mean, I'm going to have to make another adjustment because more we, we wrestle, the more he's making those adjustments, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's your level, just the, the tactical advantages. It, it plays a key. In my estimation, it's important for an athlete such as yourself, I would imagine anyway, to set the pace. In other words, let this be your match, not your opponent. Am I right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you the thing is, too, I always tell myself I'm never going to get tired. I mean, I, I do get tired, but I convince myself, and that kind of helps. <laughs> I like that attitude. And by the way, winning gold, that's huge. That was your third gold medal of the 2021 season. And it's been yep. a, a young season, if abbreviated. Um, and you won your bracket at the Mateo Pelicon in January, earning the 70-kilo title at the Pan Am Championships in late May. You are on a roll, and I've got to believe the coaches of USA Wrestling are uh, not only interested in seeing you do better each and every time you go out there, but what more you have to offer. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, again, I, I feel like I'm, you know, as I did make a junior world team a few years ago, back in 2016, um, but back then I literally just knew just take people down. Right. But I made a U23 team, and I understood a little more freestyle now I'm shooting for the senior team, and I feel like I'm getting a pretty good grasp on what freestyle wrestling is. But yeah. with that said, the more I'm exposed to these high-level wrestlers, the Kyle Dakes, uh, you know, my coaches like Sergey Belagazov and all these different guys, the more I understand there's a lot I need to learn. Mm. So um, that's actually where my trajectory is going. I'm just trying to learn more wrestling, and I think I'm going to keep getting better and keep picking up on the, the essentials as I go. Well, you got me in your corner, brother. i got to tell you that. I was disheartened when uh, you texted me yesterday said, I'm not going to make the show. And I went, no, I wanted to talk to you on there so bad because yeah. here's the, here's the deal. There is a huge difference between uh, folk style and freestyle. And some of it, uh, when I say huge, I mean, there could be tiny that are different, but is the adjustment um, maybe more difficult for some than others? Yeah. I mean, we're all pretty hard, no stubborn dudes. If we're, if you're on a wrestling mat, um, you have to let go of your ego. You have to understand that maybe, um, maybe my way isn't the best way, and then you know reevaluate. It could be the best way to go back to it, but you you have to let go of your ego and and try different, be more efficient. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Uh, there's a difference between a four-time state champ in any state, right, 
and a college level athlete. And then you see guys that go to college after winning four state titles and they literally um, are not the kid you saw in high school. In other words, they don't have that, that same type of performance. So the cream definitely rises to the top. And by the way, you are that cream. You are rising to the top and your performance has been indicative of that. Uh, you know, your time with, uh, with the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor uh, has been very, very selective. In other words, you've done a great job for them as well. But now on the scene, who sets your travel? Who sets up uh, the engagements that you're going to be competing in? Correct. So I currently wrestle for the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. That's mm-hmm. my home, home club. And then Titan Mercury, um, they help fund my travel, and they, you know, they provide all my, my essentials. So that those are my two real big backers um, as of right now. So that's and, Johnny uh, Ruggiano. It's done a stellar job. I mean, I, I can't complain at all. Yeah, and Johnny Ruggiano out there does a great job. It yeah. wouldn't be possible without the largesse and the kindness, and uh, just with gratitude, he continues to support the sport. And I'm talking about Andy Barth. That's the kind of guy that you have no idea what he's worth financially, but you know what? He supports it with all his heart. And his paycheck. That's or pay <laughs> and his yeah. check. <laughs> yeah, they're they're one of a kind. I mean, we can't show enough. We, we can't give enough back to those guys who are doing what they do. Yeah, Tight Mercury Wrestling Club, one of the top clubs in the world, and uh, they've done very very well. And this gold medal performance in Poland um, had to be important to you because it was a ranking series event. But I look at that as it's. I'm not going to say a coming out party, but it is kind, isn't it? Here's the thing is, you know, people, yeah, I've had people say, wow, you just got really good out of nowhere. And I, I feel like I've been pretty good. I just haven't had the exposure to these top right. guys. Like, I haven't gone on the on an international circuit really training. And I mean, when I did make my world performances at junior and U23s, I had some really, really tough draws. And I ended up going one and one, you know, to guys who end up taking, taking the bronze or silver. So, um, I've always been pretty good. Just been waiting for that break, and I, I think honestly, starting at that 150 pounds months ago, when I, I beat some good guys, I think people started to realize, oh, maybe he is pretty, as good as he thinks he is, you know. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, I, I ignore the naysayers and I, I keep staying on my course. And um, yeah, I don't think it's coming up. I think it's uh, I'm here to stay party. Yeah, yeah. You're not only here to stay; you're here to make an impact. Alec Pentelli, our guest, he's a 70 kilo superstar. Uh, now up in the Finger Lakes area, helping Kyle Dake prepare for the uh, Olympic Games coming up in short order. I believe Adeline Gray is already in Tokyo. I think that's true. And she went over I th- She went over early, is my understanding. Uh, and it's so important. Uh, and there's a difference between traveling east to west and west to east, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Time is not on your, on your side when you go the other way. Mm-hmm. And by the way, congratulations on being a USA Wrestling uh, Athlete of the Week. That's pretty cool because that's the selection committee that considers uh, wrestling from top to bottom. And you uh, obviously are uh, uh, honored to be named that Athlete of the Week. By the way, don't don't you know I paid off all those guys? Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you (laughs) did. (laughs) Yeah. And USA Wrestling's Manager of Communications and Social Media, Taylor Miller, is the one you want to be in contact. If you have an athlete like Alec, for example, that deserves recognition uh, and elevation of name recognition, I would suggest you write to her, Taylor Miller, Miller at usawrestling.org, because it's it's the fans, in this case, that are helping to drive uh, the brand, okay? Because you are now the brand, Alec, whether you recognize 
I do, because that's what you have to bank on. That's what makes you uh, bankable to all these various clubs, and they want you on the team, too. Do you feel it? Yeah. I mean, hey, man, I'm just trying to make my family proud, you know, represent people who, who support me as best I can, and uh, let my wrestling take care of itself. All right. Tell me about the changeover at uh, Cornell. What are you seeing with the uh, elevation of Mike Gray from associate to full-time head coach of the uh, um, of uh, the Cornell squad? I think that's a, a neat move where they go in-house and keep that same flavor. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I've never been out here. I've just heard stories, but now that I'm out here, I see the culture, and it's 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 much different than what I've seen in other places. Um, as far as everyone is a big family here, yep. you know, from from the athletes to the coaches, um, and it's a different kind of training. You know, I mean, it's I, I've seen Iowa's training where it's hard nose, go 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 all the time, and these guys are here studying wrestling, and it's. Um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me more of like a foreign feel where these guys understand the basics of principles of wrestling and they find it to, to their style. So I see why guys like Kyle Dake and Yanni have success. You know, I really do. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've had a great trip so far out here. Telling these two guys that you over the uh, expanse of their careers has been nothing short of phenomenal for me because I, I can see it in their eyes. I can read it in what they write. Uh, how they express them, express themselves, their expectations of themselves is second to none, and it is uh, the same mark that I would uh, add to your name. By the way, I'm very driven, very to continue the success you've enjoyed this year and continued success in the future as you look toward the 2024 Olympic Games. Alec, good talking with you, brother. I appreciate you coming on, talking branding. He is the man, the myth, the legend at 70 kilos. Nice job out of Canton, Michigan. At only five foot six, he's a dominant wrestler on the international front. Alec, thank you, brother. I appreciate you making the time. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day, man. Really appreciate it. All right, you too. Have fun. Go. Guy that understands our sport, what it is, what makes it so powerful, and why it is such an important part of the Olympic process. All right. When we come back, we're going to attempt to hook up with the king, Elvis Mutapcic. She's out of Bosnia, now wrestling and fighting out of Iowa. He's got a fight coming up tomorrow. Uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. We'll talk with Travis Dvorak as well a little later on in hour number one. This portion of the show brought to you by Hear.com, the best hearing aids, great prices, incredible customer service. Hear.com forward slash casting. It's our friends. And by the way, they are vested in the wrestling business. I'm going to invite you. Earl Hall will tell you that, okay? (laughs) Matter of fact, they live it and breathe it. That's what I'm talking about. So do me a favor. Stand by. We'll be back after the short timeout. You're listening to USA Takedown from 1350. This is ESPN Radio. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two-time world champion Terry Brand said, we use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap. It's what the pros use. Uh, welcome back to the show, USA Takedown across the Fruited Plain. No matter where you are, we're on the air. In your ear, uh, talking with Alec Pantale just gives us the understanding that a driven athlete can still have fun. Okay, this guy's motivated and motivated to help others as well. So as he gets better, so do those that are around him. His competition with James Green has become legendary and uh, winning that gold medal he did down in green 5-3. All right, now we uh, return to Des Moines. We have a fight coming up tomorrow at, uh, let's see, it's going to be at the Valor Ballroom. And one of the uh, 
one half of the main event. Elvis the King Mutapchic is an old buddy of mine. He's fought for me. I've announced him on countless occasions and proudly doing so. He joins us now, does the King. Elvis, how are you? I am awesome. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good, but I appreciate you making time. Not everybody wants to do an interview the day before or the day of uh, a fight, but you are in uh, preparatory mode the entire time, no matter what. You're always ready to go. Short hair, long hair, it don't matter, dude. You always look good. Um, what's your training schedule for this fight that takes place June 26th at the Bel Air Ballroom doors at 6? But you got Robert Morrow who I just saw face-to-face, by the way. I knew I recognized him. Then I looked at the uh, the MCC uh, billboard uh, with you and, and uh, Robert's picture there, you versus Robert Morrow. Talk to us a little bit about Actually, prepping for that. Has that changed? Uh, yeah, Robert changed. Now it's, uh, they switched it up. Uh, Brian uh, or uh, Robert got, uh, pulled out, and uh, now I'm fighting uh, Brian Nimes. He's... Uh, He's a little taller, a little linkier, but, you know, uh, we adjust and now uh, we go from there. So, Brian uh, Ryan, far, the, the biggest thing. Oh, I've been, uh, I've been putting in some, uh, putting in some uh, work um, Monday to Friday uh, um, in the morning, 5 o'clock, and after wow. uh, 5, 5.30, and uh, twice a day, and then uh, we get in some biking and running and in between. You've been doing a lot of biking. I've been following you on Facebook, and I appreciate that because various social media platforms, but I'm seeing uh, that you have increased your endurance through cycling. Can you talk to us about that? Because that's so important going into the later rounds. Well, I, I had uh, I always had decent endurance, and once I had that two surgeries, and uh, I, I realized that my last fight in UFC, I, I gasped pretty bad because I didn't have enough time to, to get ready right. between the surgery and the fight. And uh, ever since, Ever since I, I was always cautious of that, and I said if I I don't I don't want to ever experience that again, and uh, been very focused on that, and you know, and also involving other people to do it with, you know, and I you know a bunch of my friends that never worked out before are uh, are in tremendous shape because of it, and it makes me feel pretty good because I did a little bit of a little bit to help them. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I've climbed Pike's Peak on a. Um a motorcycle. Okay. That's different than a cycle. You actually, uh, competed, uh, well not competed, but you had three other guys with you. Uh, and, and this time this year, you absolutely biked up that bad boy. And I'll tell you what, that's hard to do given the elevators and changes, but being prepared for success is everything. Talk to us about being prepared for the Pikes Peak run. Uh, yeah, we went out last year, more of, uh, of- just kind of on the limb, like a short notice. We just we were just kind of talking to each other, like, "Hey, let's go climb up this thing," you know. And <laughs> we were cycling before that, but you know, we were putting in some miles, miles, you know, decent miles. You know, we'd put in thirty, forty, fifty miles on any particular day, you know. And we felt like we were ready, and when we got out there, and you know, we, we got educated real, real fast. Within first two miles, I was we were looking at each other like, "What's going on? Like, what what is making us feel like this?" And, I knew what it was. I knew it was elevation, you know, but I didn't think it was going to affect me that bad. So this year, over course, almost almost course of a year, we you know we we put on as many miles as we could, and we got as best as the best of us shape we could, and uh, we went out there, and it was literally the hardest thing I ever did in my life. And, and uh, I mean, I, I was I was 
when I say how hard it was, I mean, I got to fight tomorrow. I got to make weight today. I'll trade that. that I'll trade that any day for uh, uh, over climbing Pike Peak is a difficulty. I mean, it's way easier fighting than, than climbing up that thing. You know, the, the elevation, the exhaustion, you know, and you just got to start playing mind, uh, mind tricks on yourself and just you got to stay in it, you know, because it, it, it takes a long time to get up there. And you, you, your brain will try and find every excuse why you should stop and you got to keep going. We're talking with Elvis Mutapcic. He's uh, the king, and I'm proud to call him my friend. He's a guy that is always prepared to compete, uh, sometimes more than others. But by God, right now, at what are you, 34? 34, yep. 34 years old, you may be in the best physics of your life. And I got to believe you know what? Go ahead. I think you're right. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. yeah. I, I, as far as like endurance and, and, and a lot of that stuff, I think I'm the best, you know. And I, I'm, I'm bigger than I ever was. I put on size after my last fight. Uh, you know, because uh, I went out to 170 in that last fight, and that was obviously my body didn't like it. And uh, after that, you know, I took, you know, I took some decent time off, you know, and just put my body. I mean, I say I took time off. I didn't do anything for three <laughs> And then over the course of the last few years, I just kept, you know, getting my body stronger and in better shape. And I was concentrating more on that than, than pretty much because uh, I, I know I can fight. You know, I, I know, I know the, I know the technique. I know, I know all of that. You know, and I know I need to brush up on that. But over, over the course of the last two years, I, I just kept building up my strength and endurance and, you know, dropping some weight because we didn't work out for two years. Stuff stacks up like you're about to the top of a muscle. you got to burn that out too. Well, the hard work pays off as tomorrow night, the last fight, the main event, will feature you in front of your legion of fans. Uh, over the years, you developed a, a quite, a, quite a following of people that not only appreciate you as a fighter, but as somebody who respects the sport. And by the way, Mixed martial arts is a sport. It stands alone in its toughness and its uh, desirability for uh, wrestlers, for BJJ artists. What what do you consider your strength? Well, I'm 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 well rounded all the way around. I I, I, I don't think that I have many holes in my game uh, as far as mental. I think to be honest, overall, that because I'm I'm always. I'm always pushing my body. I'm always, I'm always trying to find, a, you know, trying to find another, trying to find another something more that's more difficult than the last time, you know. And, and, and surrounding yourself with people like that, you know, and creating people like that around you, you know, that, that I guess that would be that would be my biggest strength, as I would say. I would, I would second that emotion. By the way, hey, one of the things that is important for a fighter of your caliber is to surround yourself with quality people. Uh, Victor Moreno, uh, I've seen some uh, sparring uh, and, and work that you've been doing with Victor, uh, but you, you tend to mix it up. You try to go for different looks, different strengths of various camps. What, what has been uh, this buildup like to prepare for this fight? You know, I, I to be honest, this for this fight, I really didn't travel much anywhere. I just stayed with uh, Vic, and uh, uh, we, we got uh, we got a lot of times and a lot of uh, a lot of experience with each other. You know, and uh, being 34, I'm not 20 anymore. So yeah, you also got to be careful about who you're going with. You know, and, and uh, how hard you're going and on live goes. You know, and, and just. The, all all the all the experience that we got combined between each other, also you know Rick and the coaching staff that we got there, right? 
you know, it, I feel like it, it, I did things the smart way instead of the hard way. Because when I was younger, you know, you just, sometimes you're just pushing your body to certain things that you shouldn't be. There's no point. You're just hurting yourself. This time I feel like we, we step back a little sooner, uh, uh, you know, and, and this comes for, for men, you know, many, many weight cuts and all that. You have to go sooner, let my body recover. When I, when I had some fight of fun in Colorado, you know, find Pike speak, you know, rode through, uh, uh, you know, Garden of Gods and just enjoyed myself a little bit at the same time getting these amount of my, uh, uh, muscles that I usually work, recover. And this week, just, you know, keep moving and, and stay loose, you know, just and ready to step in there. You know, there's, I'm, I'm known for over, overworking myself, you know, burning myself out, you know, and, uh, this time I think we pulled it back, uh, pulled it back in the right time. And I'll just, I'll just have a forward tank and also only fighting at, fighting at 205, not going down to all the way to 85. It's going to be a big advantage for me that I have to uh, have a huge, huge weight cut. You know, one of the things I've always done was I was always in Vic Marino's corner. You know that uh, in terms yes. of sponsorship, uh, uh, hiring him as an like, like uh, I hired you as a uh, to lay tile in my basement. I had no idea. Long time ago. I remember that. Right. And that tile, by the way, still looks exactly like it did when you laid it. There's no cracks, no seam issues, nothing. It is just uh uh, been a beautiful you do a job, art. right? So you don't have to redo it, right? That's what I understand. Well, <laughs> some of us learn the hard way, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So when I first saw the post, it said, "I guess the cat is out of the bag." I've been planning a comeback for a while now. Took a little bit to get my body healthy and ready for challenges up ahead. When I read that, I was like, "Yes," because I thought when you retired, not only was it too soon. Uh, but it, it was time that you just needed to let that body rest, let that body heal up and get back to your full potential. Would you say that's exactly what happened? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we, we had, I had some, I had some, you know, long, long-term wearing tear issues, you know, and, and, and then the decision to try and go down 70, you know, instead of some, take some time off, you know, just let my body heal up. And, uh, yeah, it was it, it was a long journey, uh, but but a smart one too. You know, I didn't I didn't I understand. I like I said earlier, I understand I'm not a 20 year old, and I understand I'm 34 plus fast. Right. You know, but that also reducing reducing your body. You know, uh, you, you just you just gotta you just gotta go with if you stay the same. You know, somebody's gonna run over you, and you know I, I know you have to change with the game to do so as well. Elvis, are tickets still available through you? Uh, no, uh, I've been sold out for quite a while, uh, two days at least. And uh, I know they're going to, I talked to the promoter. Uh, he said there's going to be some at the door. He possibly is going to have some at the Wayne's, which is going to be a dock, a dock lounge uh, downtown tomorrow, or I'm sorry, tonight, uh, 6 to 8. I know gonna, he said he's going to have some there, or, or at the door they're going to have some. You know what, fans, as we loosen up, from this pandemic and we start to see fights, live events. Now's the time to support your fighters and your promoters. Who is the promoter for MCC? Currently it's, uh, it's Rick Tazler and, uh, Johnny Case. Johnny Case. Johnny Case is going to be fighting for me at Wild Rose Casino, July 17th. As we come to you live from the casino in Jefferson, Iowa, it'll be interesting to see him in front of his hometown crowd, but uh, his preparation is much like yours. Always go 
but doing it the smart way. Elvis, uh, fight, uh, by the way, again, doors open at 6 tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Fights begin June 26th at the Bel Air Ballroom. Tickets available uh, through Rick Tassler. You can call him at 370-1781, 370-1781. What are some of the biggest changes, with about five minutes left to go, what are some of the biggest changes in your life over the last five years? I'm a, oh, five, five years? Uh, not actually a whole lot. I guess it's, well, the last five years I got, that would be more like class seven, but last five I got a second daughter. Um, That's what we're talking about. Who's, uh, who's wrestling. Who's <laughs> <laughs> ready wrestling. Um, playing soccer. Another one's uh, doing gymnastics and also in soccer. I keep her busy. Just pretty much fathered, um, you know. Just trying to, just trying to uh, uh, keep the same momentum going. That's in your younger age, you know. Uh, you know, as when you become a parent, you know, it's, it's, you got more, you got less time. You know, you know how that is. <laughs> just try, just try and keep the regular life going. What would you consider uh, has been your toughest fight? The win or loss, it doesn't matter. What was your toughest fight to date? Uh, you know what. Back to Andy Branson, mm. either Andy Branson or uh, Jesse Taylor, and both of those were losses. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, to be honest, I'm gonna go with Jesse Taylor because my guess uh, with Andy it was I, I could I could uh, I could reverse the submission or reverse the position, you know, and I reversed the position on a few occasions. With Jesse Taylor, he was just like having a having a piece of granite on top of you, and it, I was just. I was I was underestimated. I felt like my wrestling was good enough to stop his, and then I realized quickly that you know he's he's on a different level. You know, and I'm gonna have to work my behind off, you know, get back up. And he burned up, burned me pretty good. Uh, and I came in super heavy in that fight. You know, I came in big because you know I I thought that was gonna help me with with you know slowing down and stopping him, which. I don't know if it did or didn't, but I know it affected my gassing quite a bit. Right. And you know, just getting a wrestler like that off, having a wrestler like that on top of you for most of the, almost the whole three rounds, it was exhausting. I, You know, for our conversation today, um, I looked at a lot of different film, okay? Uh, watched a lot of different matches of yours that are available on YouTube. And, uh, you know, through the Pro Fighters League, I got to watch the Jesse Taylor uh, fight that you had. And, I would have guessed that that would have been your hardest as well. And there's a lot of things that go into whether or not it is a hard fight, but uh, win or lose, uh, both guys put up a hell of a battle. And Jesse Taylor, by the way, no joke. No, no joke not. at all. That was, he, was, he, was, he was like as seriously as I could, you know, and, and he was he was as tough an opponent. Like, now, when I – that different, like, difference, like the, doing the fight, he was like – I mean, like, my face looked worse for the word than any other fight. You know, in doing the fight, it was the hardest fight. But the, the how my body felt, and like, the, my my body was never as big as Andy Branson. When I fought Andy Branson, I literally, I, like, I, I tell this joke, or not a joke, to tell the story. It sounds like a joke. It takes me, <laughs> it took me, like, 35, 40 minutes just to get out of bed because wow. I traded so many so many hard kicks, you know, and they landed so clean. And, and we, we, I believe that he was as closest to my equal physically as I that I ever fought, and we both of us were in incredible shape and went so hard at each other. That it was like the next the next day it was it was like a two hour warm up before I would start moving, moving around the house normally. <laughs> and the little kids don't necessarily understand the pain 
that you're going through upon recovery. Elvis, say talk oh. about football coaches, soccer coaches. Um, any professional coach would tell you that wrestling, having a wrestling acumen uh, and knowledge of the sport um, and having practice in the sport, that uh, lateral movement is everything. And uh, is it still so for you? Of course. You know, like, like you look at boxing, uh, you look at MMA, which guys are you know, successful. You look at any sport. Anybody that's good on their feet, you know, and that can move around well, is usually uh, in the right position, in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what that's what sport is about is making sure you that in the right place at the right time, so you can take taking advantage of opportunity. Mm. And that's what it's all about: making your own opportunity. You've been a master at it. I can't wait to see uh, the fight tomorrow night, Valor Ballroom. Again, there are tickets on sale. I would suggest. You go to Docs for the uh, weigh-ins and perhaps get an autograph from Elvis. Elvis, you don't shy away from fans. They love you. No, not at all. This is my hometown. I don't mind talking to people. That's what I'm They're talking doing about. whatever they want. Elvis, we love you, brother, and for seeing the results from tomorrow night at the Valair. appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, buddy. There we go. He is the king for a lot of reasons, and it's not just self-proclaimed. The fans have laid that title on him, and he deserves it. The King, born in Bosnia, raised and reared in Des Moines, Iowa. He loves this state, he loves this city, and he loves his fans. we got to take a quick time out on the uh, Newsmaker Hotline. It's been our guest, Elvis the King Mutaptic, and we will be back after this short timeout, brought to you in part by Northwestern Mutual and Wild Rose Casino and Resorts. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. Woo, son, bringing the music up to Kira Jones doing the job, as she always does. Thank you, Kira. Hey, you know what I do in trying to balance out a program, okay, in booking guests, is to try to tell the story of what is going on, uh, not just here in Iowa, but across the country. So we may be in California for the first interview. We may be upstate New York for the second interview, et cetera. Well, today is very special because we get to go to Jefferson, Iowa, Green County to be exact, and our guest there is the general manager of Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson. He is Travis Dvorak. Travis, how are you? Yeah, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great over here. Did you get any weather last night? Uh, yesterday, we got a little bit last night. It was more yesterday morning, uh, 4.30, I got woken up by a thunderstorm. <laughs> you were on I the brought, road. I had to drive to eastern Iowa, so the thunderstorm woke me up. And then I had to drive through the morning and drove through that same thunderstorm. <laughs> And then I get to Iowa City, and I got that same thunderstorm a third time. So never you, done that before in my life, right? I mean, it was trailing you, and you tried to outrun it, but by golly, it ended up, ended up catching you. Was there a delay in the start of your game? Oh no, actually, had a great game. Uh, we did a, a charity golf event for veterans. Great, I had the opportunity to do that, and uh, it didn't delay us. Um, it just got to the edge of the golf course. It missed us, so I think they realized there's too many Marines there, and they didn't want to match it that. <laughs> the weather just went around the golf course, so we got some nice golf in there. <laughs> Raised tens of thousands of dollars for veterans, and I thought that was a great thing. Hoorah. Hoorah. Yeah. That's the type of thing, though, that Wild Rose does. Um, and not only do they hire veterans, they uh, hire the best of the best, and the Marine Corps is highly represented that. Um, we've got a fight coming up in July, but before we get to that extreme Maximus fight fest, I do want to talk to you about entertainment. I heard rumblings that Lee Greenwood is scheduled for July 2nd. Is that true? 
Yes. Um, every once in a while, the world just shines on you. God looks down and shines <laughs> on you. And Lee Greenwood had an opening on Friday, uh, July 2nd. Wow. Uh, contact us. He knew Glass Van Dyke, and you know Glass like everybody else. She is just worth her weight in gold. That's my darling right there. Yep, and um, he had an opening. So how do you not have Lee Greenwood right. on 4th of July weekend? So when he asked, it it took me like half a second to say yes because it was me trying to realize, that, is he joking? And once I realized he's real, absolutely, I couldn't sign him fast enough. So we are going to have him Friday, uh, Friday night, next Friday. I got to tell you, the history I have with Lee Greenwood is once upon a time at the Unidome in Cedar Falls, Iowa, he was uh, scheduled to perform. And so the band was, uh, the roadies were setting up the stage, the lighting, all the rigging, all that stuff. But there was Lee and his band shooting baskets. Okay. So I went over and shot a few baskets with Lee Greenwood. Lee Greenwood scheduled. What are ticket prices there? They start 30 bucks. That's it. That's it? And, you know, uh, um, we're not sold out yet, but the first half sold out. We will be sold out before Friday. There's no doubt about that. But uh, we still have a few hundred tickets left. They're going to probably sell to this last week, and they, they always sell for the last few days. But 30 bucks, there's not a bad seat in our, in our joints. And, you know, you go to Wells Fargo, you got to park two, three blocks away, unless you've got to be parking, you got to do all. And then it's just, you know, you got to find your seat, and then right. you're 100 yards away, and you got to use the knockers just going on. Here you park in our parking lot five minutes later, and see, drinking whatever you want to drink, and there's not a bad seat in the house. When Lee Greenwood performs the song that has become, I think, the much recognized patriotic anthem of all time, God Bless the USA, it's uncommon to see the entire audience joining him in setting the cadence um, for the concert, but also setting the cadence, in this case, being on the 2nd of July, setting the cadence and the, the patriotic movement for the entire weekend. It's a big deal for Greene County. Absolutely. I mean, it's just a great way for us to just kick off the patriotic weekend. So mm. I, I love the fact that we have on Friday night. Um, it's going to be a great weekend for the country. I mean, we've gone through a lot this past year. We all know that. Mm-hmm. It's just time for us to just get out, have some fun, and remember that we are part of the greatest country on this planet. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Travis Dvorak, our guest on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Yes, we have Wild Rose Casinos here in Des Moines, Iowa. Now, moving on in July, we are set to broadcast on the 16th. That's Friday the 16th. The event, the fight that we'll be talking about now, will be on Saturday the 17th. So I'll be there literally on Friday morning, right, to do both radio shows in the lobby. You guys open the casino, if I recall, at 10 a.m., correct? Correct. Okay. So I'll be able to have you on as a guest. We'll have Monty Cox on, Monty, the uh, promoter, if you will, and uh, matchmaker. But there's a whole team behind uh, putting an event on like this. Uh, and, and Monty is perhaps one of the best of the best, but he has good people around him that understand that the fights must go on on time and complete on time. That's casino, too, because you're not making any money if folks are sitting in there watching a fight when they should be in the casino, right? Well, I make some money on beer sales. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I, I get that part. <laughs> yeah, you can't watch a fight without having a couple beers. <laughs> yeah. All right, so talk to us about what makes this different than a traditional MMA fight. Well, this is different because Monty is he's spreading his horizon hori- and spreading his wings. He's now doing boxing and kickboxing. He did some kickboxing last year, and there's a resurgence for kickboxing. 
May is great, but everybody's got it's kind of watering and saturated. Right. But boxing's making a resurgence, especially at the smaller promotions. So he's teamed up with Maximus Boxing out of Des Moines, and they're maybe out of Des Moines, out of Iowa, excuse me. And they're doing this. Uh, you got some MMA fighters, but they're in the boxing or kickboxing. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch. I mean, I, it goes back to watching boxing 20, 30 years ago before MMA took over. But we do have a couple of MMA people coming in. We have a co-main event uh, with two former UFC fighters. They're going to be kickboxing. One is legendary Jeremy Horn. Oh, wow. From Council Bluffs. And I'm rooting for him because he's my age. And I watched him kickbox <laughs> uh, quad stage last year. And his, his leg and his leg speed. I, I tell you, you like to kick you in the head, you're on the ground. Um, and then the other one is a homecoming for Jefferson Navy fighter Johnny Case. Okay. And so uh, Hollywood. Hollywood Case. So uh, <laughs> he gets to come home and fight in front of his crowd. And this might be the first time a lot of people in Jefferson have him fighting since he went to UFC about, what, four or five years ago. About five years ago, right. Now, the, here's the deal. The, the, the venue room, okay, where you have the fight will normally hold you know, before pandemic and all that would normally hold what? Well, we're, well, I'll tell you what we're doing. We're doing about not quite 1200 tickets for Lee Greenwood and that, cause we're back to normal now. Okay. We've been doing the pandemic for, for a couple concerts ago. We did 600 because we want to keep it distance, but things have been working well in the state. So Lee Greenwood, we're going to go back. It's 11 something, but not quite 1200. So we're going to do that a little bit different with the kickboxing and the MMA because you got to put a ring in there. That's right. so much room. And then we're selling tables because, you know, you go to these events and people want a table of 10. It does take up a lot of room. So we're going to be probably looking at around 600 people filled out max because wow. of how much room some of the stuff takes. And being there, and I will be there, by the way, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you fans join us, too, as Monty Cox recognizes trends when he left boxing to go to MMA, he took a lot of guys with him and now going to a, a combo, if you will, uh, in extreme Maximus Fight Fest, you're looking at kickboxing. It takes, takes different kind of balance, uh, different kind of dedication. And Monty Cox is preparing his athletes for those transitional type fights like we're going to see July 17th. How much are tickets for that? $35 starting off. I just want to go to our website. You look on our website, there's a portal to Nitro tickets, but Monty sells these through Nitro tickets. And he's anywhere from 35 for general mission. You can get ringside for $60. Wow. VIPs are sold out. That was second five, but they're all gone. Those went up fast. So, But those those ringside tickets for 60 bucks is right there. All right. So that's the 17th. Let's move on into March as you continue to round out and fill in. Uh, entertainment opportunities for everybody, by the way. If you're in driving distance, there's no reason you wouldn't want to be at One Night of Queen on Saturday, March 12th. That'll be at 6 to 11 p.m., 6 o'clock doors. 11 o'clock p.m., the uh, event should be over. But I'm sorry, doors at 6.30, shows at 7.30. We're going way ahead of ourselves because this is March of next year. And this is basically uh, One Night of Queen. We've had them before. We're supposed to have them, but then COVID hit. Right. And the lead singer, Gary Mullins, from Scotland. So he had to get back to Scotland because, you know, the pandemic hurt every every country, obviously. And then, of course, he had a, a U.S. tour, so it's a bit tougher for him to, to redo everything. So it will be next March, but we want to keep him because we've had him twice. He always sells out. Right. He is just spot on. If you close your eyes, you think you're listening to Queen. Exactly. And that That's so, a great cover band, right? I mean, not absolutely. only... Not 
like him. In this case, he looks like Freddie Mercury. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, we, we really have people twice, let alone three times. But he's been so popular. In fact, you know, we've had a few years now because of COVID. But most of the people that bought the tickets, instead of taking a refund, they held on their tickets because they're, they're dedicated to come to this guy. Mm. He's got a following, and he is and he is that good. Yeah, and it's I've always been proud to do the commercials for those. Um, not currently the voice of Wild Rose Casino, but I will tell you this. Anytime that uh, you hear those hooks uh, that they insert between words, uh, so in other words, the music they put in, you yep. know, it just excites me to no end. I'm so glad you guys have them booked at least that far in advance, but nonetheless, you want to make plans for that event coming up next year, March 12th of next year. So Van Dyke doing the yeoman's job that she always does in, always. in finding acts that are uh, available, affordable, uh, to be able to bring in on a regular basis. Gladys Van Dyke, nobody does it better. Uh, and I'm proud to call her a friend. And her husband, the late, excuse me, the great Leroy Van Dyke. You better yeah, not be late. There. <laughs> he's there. He's 90, but he's still around. He's around me sick. He's doing a great job. And he's at all the events. He's very active. And not only is he active, he's also very approachable. He's a Hall of Famer. And what, yes. I mean, you can't ask for a cooler cat. Never drank, right. never smoked, never hung out with folks that did. You know, and he's got his favorites in the Country Music Hall of Fame as well, but uh, he's one of the guys that you get when you get Gladys, you get Leroy, and that's a neat duo right there. And the family, the whole family's like that. I love and that. Everybody's nice. They're all class acts. And and Gladys, when we bring entertainment in, she won't bring somebody in who isn't just as good, too. No, no. Um, like Lee Greenwood's a good person. Right. If we find somebody who's a good singer but a bad person, we don't bring them in because no. that, that creates a bad you like meet and greet and sign you know, signatures and our entertainers get to meet or vice versa. So we always want to make sure that we have the singers that really are right there with Iowa nice. A perfect example of that Iowa nice would be Jimmy fortune yeah. uh, backstage with Jimmy prior to the concert. My wife and I, uh, just standing there talking with Jimmy, we discovered that they were born an hour apart from each other on the exact same day and the exact same year. Difference is we have two kids. He's got like 12. <laughs> and um, I don't, I don't want to take your time, but there's a Jimmy Fortune story that will tell you what nice guy he is. Go for it. We got about three minutes. Out of Emmitsburg, yeah. And this lady, she's a this lady came with her daughter who was a senior, but was going had a scholarship to go, uh, I think, to Iowa for singing. And the family was was uh, fans of Jimmy Fortune, Statler Bros, and everything. So Jimmy Fortune stopped it backstage and sang a song with this. 18-year-old girl. Wow. Just right then and there. Drop of a hat. Yes. That's kind of like the old days of mountain music when you show up with a banjo or a, a fiddle or whatever and just have a good old-fashioned jam session. That 18-year-old made her, made her day. I bet. Days. I bet. You know, singing with guys like Jimmy Fortune, who's the very heart and soul of music, I mean, he understands what to do, and that is to soothe the savage beast but also to help promote kindness uh, and good living. And I appreciate that. Wild Rose Casino Jefferson, we're going to be to uh, uh, Travis in person on the 16th as we come to you live. We invite you to join us. Uh, nobody backs wrestling as well and for as long as Wild Rose and the club. Matter of fact, you can unlock all the exclusive benefits and rewards of Club Wild by joining. Membership is free and it's easy to join. 
Visit a Club Wild representative on your next visit to any one of the locations, Clinton, Emmitsburg, or Jefferson. New Club Wild members receive 2,000 bonus points to just for signing up. That's $5 in free play. Get even more rewards the day you sign up and simply by uh, earning points using your Club Wild card. Travis, always good to talk to you. Give them the website so they can find out more information about Jefferson, Emmitsburg, or Clinton. Wildwoodresorts.com. Well, Gary Kirk and Tom Timmons, the uh, Lee Greenwood show, what is your prediction? I don't think they're going to make it. Um, they should, but I think they've got other plans going on. <laughs> Those guys are moving around the country so quick and so well, often. I'm going to enjoy the concert without them. So yeah. no <laughs> you may have to save a seat for me, brother. I, I can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. By the way, I didn't get an answer to this because I didn't ask the question. How'd you shoot? How's my shoot? Now, how did oh, you shoot? Oh, God, in the, we're not talking about that. Oh, we're not. Okay, that good. All right. That, so, yeah, there we go. We'll go with that. <laughs> I remember what my advice to you was. Tee him high and let him fly. <laughs> I did that much. Yeah. Travis, we appreciate you, my friend. Travis Dvorak, Wild Rose Casino and Resorts. Nobody does it better at entertaining and offering up great opportunities, and they will feed you as well at Wild Rose Casinos, any one of the three locations. But we'll see you on the 16th in Jefferson, Iowa. Thank you, Travis. Thank you. There we go. He's He loves his sport. and Nobody appreciates wrestling quite like the United States military. Uh, they have a program called the Military Combatives, and I think it's wonderful, and they endorse that. So do me a favor. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up next. Take down. Stay tuned. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short timeout. Excellent choice, Kira. I love that song. That's so great. I love that. We talk about Queen and Freddie Mercury and boom. All right, so, hey, welcome back. I'm number two of the big programmers from Wild Rose Casino Studios. This is USA Takedown, Casper, and uh, Kira Jones at the helm of the mothership. Appreciate that, Kira. This portion of the show brought to you by Trent Weatherman, your Northwestern Mutual Financial Consultant, and by Here.com. Appreciate those guys. Do want to give a big shout-out to a room that seemingly is always open. Barbarian Apparel, Joshua Sasby and his family have created a environment in uh, Cleveland that is second to none. And by golly, it's up to you to be able to find them. It was an outstanding opportunity. Every time we have them on the show and proud supporter of this program, that's Joshua Sasby and family uh, supporting USA takedown in our effort to get the news out about our sport. Uh, coming up later in the hour, Joey Krebs will be joining us live from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Bruce Burnett, We'll be talking about his induction live from Idaho, but we head down to the Carolinas right now for a guy that caught my attention uh, as a wrestler for the Wolfpack, okay? And then uh, at the club level as well, he's doing exceedingly good things. He is Ed Scott. Ed, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank. Did you think Kira, when she dialed you up, did you think she was a telemarketer? No, I didn't. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, man. It, it was fun when I, I first saw the results of the Pan Am, you being a champion at Freestyle at 70 kilos. And then the crowning achievement was an outstanding effort recognized by the group as OW, in other words, outstanding wrestler of the event. How cool was that for you? That was really cool. I mean, I 
really just went down there and wrestled to have fun and do the best that I could. And being crowned OW was just icing on the cake. But, yeah. So there's a theory about, and initially, by the way, I was a little reticent to back uh, the idea of regional training centers around the country, right? But that's proven out to be a huge success for the sport. What can you tell us about being a part of the Wolfpack RTC, wrestling those guys, the high-level guys? You have all of a sudden become high. Do you know that? Um, I think it's just a great opportunity. I love getting my hands on the older guys who have a lot more experience because it helps as a wrestler and as a person. So I like to get better on and off the mat. They're great people and not just great wrestlers. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you've got great coaching down there too, Papalizio and company. Uh, doing good yes. things. Um, and, and by the way, the Wolfpack always in there uh, challenging since the arrival of one Pat Papalizio and, and you're part of that. I want to talk to you a little bit about my favorite award of the year. Okay. And that is in 2020, you won the Dave Schultz high school excellence award. Um, that is an amazing group of, of athletes that, and you were able to rise above everybody else in terms of being awarded uh, that special recognition. What what did it mean to you as a athlete? Um, that meant a lot to me. I mean, like Dave Schultz is always a name that like everybody puts on such a high pedestal, right? And so, like when you think about getting an award that's named after him, it's really special because he was such a great wrestler and such a great human being that like it really helps you realize where you're at and where you can be going. So I think that is uh, helping set me, set me on a path to uh, get even better than I am right now. Many of us that knew him still scratching our hands him, but Dave Schultz was the very epitome of the sport, always willing to help others, always downing a hot, delicious cup of coffee. But boy, was he always ready to compete. And uh, we, you know, he was taken from us much, but we still recognize him through this award. Uh, and, and I love the fact that you won it, that tell what the others in the voting class think about you and what you've done. We go back to 2017. You took fourth that year in the Powerade. The very following year, the Powerade, you became the champ. Um, what was the difference maker between 17 and 18 in terms of skill and ability? Um, so personally, I don't think it was my skill or my ability. I think it was my state tournament, my sophomore be 2017 um i was cutting a lot of weight i went in i feel like since i took third freshman year i was trying to defend something and so i ended up not doing well and i think that really helped me grow and realize that i need to just mature and have a better support you know mindset is everything uh, it, it surely is. You've got to have a positive view of yourself and your ability, and you can often see the results of a match. In other words, you're envisioning, correct? Okay. Sure. You've, you performed well in the Fargo's at, at Fargo, I should say in freestyle, uh, in Greco. I'm super impressed with, uh, those styles, especially in Fargo where it's, a, you know, largely regarded as a grinder and putting athletes through the level uh, best of the best. And everybody wants to be a freestyle champ or uh, a Fargo champ anyway. Getting that stop sign is huge. But for you, it's been, these are measured steps. You understand what I'm saying? These are steps that you are are, are, are putting forward to make sure that 
you know, you're prepared for the next step, the next step. So it's all about being on that ladder. How important is it to recognize where you are and where you want to be? And the distinction between the two can be sometimes great. I think that's really important to recognize where you are and where you want to be. I uh, always use myself, like, even when, like, during practice, if I'm going with one of my coaches or one of the higher-level guys, I measure myself against them to see where I'm at and to see, like, where I want to go, which is to become a national champion. Mm. So, yeah. And, you know, there's guys like Kyle Day. Can you know Kyle, right? Uh, If you think about it, he started writing, I will be an Olympic champion. I will be an Olympic champion hundreds and hundreds of times. So he was envisioning, putting forward in his mind to be the level best. Jordan Burroughs was doing something similar to that. These guys and how they develop from a little kid wrestler, right, through their high school years, through their collegiate years, then on to the international front. Part of being good internationally is understanding that travel, time zone changes, food differences, all the different things that you are encountering on the road being more comfortable when it comes time for, say, the 2024 Olympic Games, challenging for titles on the on the national front, whether you're a USA wrestler uh, or wrestler with international aspirations. But it's so important to understand that uh, these international trips, like the Pan Am Games, let's face it, those are career builders, right? Absolutely. I think that uh, it was a really good experience to get down there and kind of learn need to just react to going to a different country and competing so yeah all right so the collegiate clearing open by the way took place what in november i think it was you advanced to the finals with three bonus point wins fans listen to this three bonus point wins the only loss was the tight one seven six to to brock but these are all building blocks to being able to understand what it means to have three bonus point wins in other words you're cruising at that point. Is it easy to get complacent um, and, and understand that your abilities may not be or may be where you need them to be? I would think it would be. Overconfidence, is that an issue? Overconfidence is, I think that overconfidence isn't an issue for me. I think that confidence is all, a really big key to being successful in our sport. Um, I think that you can be over overconfident. But I think that if you're not confident enough, you're definitely not going to excel in our sport. You have to have a little bit of swagger to you to do well. That's what I'm talking about, baby. You got the swagger. Your mom's so proud of you, by the way. She helped make this interview possible, and I appreciate mom. Thank you so much. Um, Talk to us a little bit about your high school today. Is it Dubois? It is uh, Dubois, actually. Dubois. Okay. I just want to make sure. (laughs) <laughs> uh, du Bois, Pennsylvania is your hometown. Um, you went undefeated. Well, you went 151 and six, your overall record, which is the most wins, by the way, in Du Bois history. Uh, I think that's an incredible statement right there. Uh, you had 105, get this fans, 105 career pins. Okay. That was a record for district nine and one of the best in the country that year. Um, you obviously had, uh, better intentions. How did you decide to wrestle for the Wolfpack? You know, it was a long process, but I just think that it was the culture of the program is was the deciding factor for me. We have a great culture going. We have good guys in right now. We're bringing in good guys. They all want to do great things, and they're all just really dedicated to the sport. So, yeah. 
having been on campus there, I understand that uh, facilities are everything. Now, if I recall the theater, right? There's a theater, uh, you know, right right off. If I'm walking in the front door, uh, the theater was to the left, and uh, it has theater-style seating, originally designed for the football program. But are you used of that theater? Uh, we have. We have, like, team dinners sometimes in there, like, during the season. Uh, we don't really use that a whole lot, but... Yeah, the facilities are super nice as well. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really love my decision. I think it's a great place for me, especially. Well, you know what? Being a, a state champ uh, in your junior and senior year, you bring with that some confidence, I'm sure, but an ability that, uh, I mean, let's face it, Pennsylvania wrestling, that's a big deal. Absolutely. 79-0. and 0 in your two seasons, junior and senior year, 79 and nothing. What a record that is. All right. Also being named a scholastic all American is important to me. And I'll tell you why, because you go to college for, uh, education, but you get the honor of wrestling for that institution. It's a big deal, uh, for most athletes. Do you recognize that? Uh, absolutely. I find education very important. And so has my family, like throughout, these past couple of generations. And I think that, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. And I'm really proud of myself for that, but I can do better than I did this year in both wrestling and academics. So I'm going to work to improve. I love it. Ed Scott, our guest, he's, uh, and tell me, are you considered a freshman this year or what? Um, so this is I hard. was a freshman last year, but then I have my extra year because of COVID right. and I still have my red shirt year. So I freshman. Now see, I th- think that's how that works. It, there's a bonus here. Okay. Because you get that extra structure, that extra year of structure, maybe even two, right. Um, yeah. Where you could be officially a member of the Wolfpack squad for six years. Yep. That's amazing to me, you know, because if you recall where NCAAs were a number of years ago, you could only wrestle three years of your collegiate um, opportunity. In other words, you could wrestle after your freshman year. Right now, the wrestlers are guys like you that are more prepared, better prepared than uh, guys were back then for sure. But that's why you see guys like Gable with three championships as opposed to four. Uh, and, and for other reasons, obviously, but it's interesting to see how things have changed. Would you say wrestlers of your caliber are better prepared today than say they were 15, 20, 30 years ago? Um, I think that there's a lot more opportunity to prepare yourself than there was back then. I mean, you think about it, you have club wrestling, you have like freestyle and Greco, like in the off season, you can train that. I think there's a lot of resources online too that you can help yourself grow by watching videos and stuff like that. So yeah, I think we have a little bit better of a preparation system now in place for college and international wrestling. I think it's more analytical too. I mean, you're looking at stats, you're looking at film, you're breaking down competition of, of wrestlers that you may or may not face given any kind of a pool player or what have you. It's important to know that, uh, you guys are treating this as a business. In other words, uh, if you don't apply yourself to the preparation, your you know your uh, opportunity for success, I would imagine, is lessened. How important is that discussion with your coaches? Um, 
the discussion about applying yourself to the sport? Exactly. I think that it's super important. Personally, I haven't talked to them too much about it. I really like to apply myself and kind of help myself grow as a wrestler. But the biggest thing for me talking to the coaches is asking. Mm. I think that's the most important thing that you can really do as a wrestler is ask for help, ask for tips, you know, try to grow your mind. Like ask everybody you can be a sponge and just try to get better. Mm. Yeah. And as a kid, what programs did you have your eye on? Who were you following? As a kid, I was a super big Iowa fan. And, you know, when the time came, I just decided to go with the Wolfpack. I think that was the uh, the school I fell in love with when I got older. And that's the one that I will be in love with until I graduate <laughs> or even after. So, <laughs> yes. I got to believe that's true. You know, I'm a huge fan of NC State and the Wolfpack. Uh, the I tell you what, I remember every one of my visits down there, Debbie Yao. Is Debbie Yao still the AD? Uh, no, I believe the AD is Drew Corrigan now. Okay, so Debbie is retired, as as rightfully she should. She left Maryland for that job at NC State and taking with her uh, you know, her own level of excellence. She was a great athletic director, and she loved wrestling. Inspired support of it at Maryland and NC State. And that's important to know that you have the administration's support as well. So it's it's more than just the wrestling club. It's more than just the wrestlers and the coaches, but you've got the attention of the athletic department. In other words, there's no danger of the sport being dropped. The financial needs to be able to uh, support your goals. Now, in the pandemic, every school uh, prepared differently for competition but there was this idea that wrestling could be um, the example for all sports and how to do it safely. Um, and that's where the club came in for me, regional training centers. It was always um, at the back of my mind, if we do this right, we can be uh, the bearer of good news. In other words, that we can get back on the mats. And uh, it's wrestling seeds that really help lead the way. And I'm grateful that you are a part of that as well. It's good to talk to you, my friend. My best to your family during the uh, continued success uh, out of Du Bois, Pennsylvania. I love this story. Ed Scott has been our guest. Ed, are you still planning on 49? On 49? I'm not sure. Personally, I haven't quite made the decision. I don't really get to make the decision. I think it's more of where Pat wants me. So right. we will see. But yeah. Well, I could see it for 57, but either way, you look good. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks for taking the time to help tell your story, man. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. There we go. 2021 Junior Freestyle 70 Kilo Pan Am Champ and Outstanding Wrestler of the Event, and deservedly so. That's Ed Scott on our Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Kira Jones, Scott Casper with you as we head to the break. This portion of our show brought to you by Barbarian Apparel for team and or individual wear, it's Barbarian Apparel. Nobody does it better than our friends at Barbarian. Stay tuned. More after this. This is USA Takedown on ESPN. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right. 
right, welcome back to the Wild Rose Casino Studios. It is USA Takedown. We talk wrestling and mixed martial arts every Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. My goal, each and every show, is to always get the young and -and up-and-comers, the guys that have put in their time, and those that are being recognized by a jury of their peers, as it were. And one of the guys I've respected so much because his travel through our sport has been remarkable, his support of our athletes. And uh, uh, and I want to say the advancement of our sport, uh, in particular due to our next guest. He's recently been inducted into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum. He's excelled as a coach on the high school, collegiate, and international levels serving as USA Wrestling's national freestyle coach and leading some of the most successful teams in American history. He joins us now as our friend Bruce Burnett. Bruce, good morning. How are you? I'm doing really good up here in North Idaho. Idaho. How is the weather in North Idaho today? You know what? The weather is hotter than usual (laughs) right now. And uh, actually, it's really a nice time to get out on the water. So that's what we do. We first first started to... um, become friends when you were at the Naval Academy and I didn't understand the Academy, um, or military, uh, programs like I, I do now. Okay. In other words, I had no idea that you had so many wrestlers to, to choose from making your job a little bit more, I think a little harder, but also giving you that wealth of uh, talent to choose from as far as who makes the starting lineup. Can you talk to us about being a wrestling coach for the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis. Yeah, I sure can. And first of all, uh, I thought having 70 guys try out for the team and be part of the program (laughs) was a challenge. But uh, honestly, Scott, for me, was an opportunity to meet uh, more quality people. I mean, whether or not they wrestle for us or step on the mat on a Friday or Saturday night, um, still their contributions to the program and the things that they went on and did and on SEAL teams and the Marine Corps and pilots and guiding ships, you know, they all come out as officers and just really quality people. So I'm going to say that was uh, the most exciting part of it, that the qualifications to get in and the stringent standards made it a little bit difficult. Uh, and when blue chip athlete that had those qualities as well that they had a an array of programs to go to i mean whether it was oklahoma state or iowa or penn state or or michigan or the university of oklahoma if they had those qualities those out those coaches wanted them as well because they were just it was one more problem you didn't have to worry about to um, the military academies there is a inter uh, military, uh, competition and pride is on the line, right? I mean, you got to face army, you got to face Navy, you got to face, uh, the Marine Corps, uh, whoever insert the Academy here. My point is, uh, this is an age old progression. In other words, these, these coaches, these athletes understand the significance of the battle between military, uh, disciplines, right? Yeah, and, and Scott, I, I was blessed with the opportunity to coach at Oklahoma State uh, when the University of Oklahoma was uh, good, like they're getting to be now under Lou Roselli. Right. But the reality of it was those big matches, and uh, I, I understand rivalries, you right, know, right. but there was nothing that compared to Army-Navy. 
nothing. When you're uh, when it's Army Week and or even two weeks out, you're getting emails and calls and texts <laughs> from Afghanistan or uh, all over the world. People are chiming in on, "Hey, it's Army Week. You know, it's Beat Army. It's it's go do this." And I think about the things that they're doing, but they take time out to you know, tie into the bro- program and continue to support it. And, and it's important to them lifelong. Lifelong. It's, it's, yeah. It's just so exciting. And that competition you're talking about between Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, we're talking about the Bedlam series may not have the panache uh, it had back in your day, Bruce. But when you think about it, uh, all programs go through an evolution. Oklahoma state went through an evolution when hiring John Smith you know, things do change. It, it is, it's obvious that it changes. Changes in California right now, Stanford hiring some very high class and highly motivated individuals as part of the coaching staff. They'll be on this very show next week, but we take a look at how wrestling has changed. Give us your attitude um, and your opinion for that matter of how wrestling in the United States to be on that U S team has changed. And what are your thoughts about uh, wrestling? Uh, for men and women, the opportunities are abundant now and growing. Uh, but I think wrestling, in my estimation, in a way, is healthier today than it's been in the last 25, 30 years. Well, I do think, Scott, that the addition of uh, women's wrestling and the growth in women's wrestling has just brought a different light to the program and added to it. But you know, it's 2000 years old, Scott, it's been around a long time and I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. And when there were, uh, rumblings of it, not being in the Olympics, well, the world just didn't allow it. And so I do believe there is a resurgence, but I be, believe the popularity of the sport draws people to it when they see the benefit, what it gives you on and off the mat. I mean, it's not easy to be one-on-one and step out in front of other people and, and, and put your body and mind and heart on the line with somebody else. So what, whether it's men or women or kids or, you know, I, I, I hear coaches say all the time or I'll run into people and they say, yeah, I used to be a wrestler. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you're, you're a wrestler. And you'll always be a wrestler. That's what I'm talking about. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to it, your, back to your career. And, and by the way, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wrestling's in a good place, a safe place, and one that which we don't have to worry about the foundation as much as the build. So the build is what we look at. And we go back during your tenure uh, between, let's say, calendar year 93 uh, and 4 to, to 95, even beyond. So let's stretch it. 93 through 2000 U S wrestlers won 22 world medals, 11 gold, four silver, seven bronze placed in the top 10 of the world championships as a team. Every single one of those years, the United States won its first ever senior world freestyle in 93. And again, in 95 and won the medal count in 96 at the Olympic games with three gold and silver and a bronze. What is your hallmark? What is, what is your, um, best recollection of those years between 92, uh, 93 and 2000 other years. Yeah. So it, it, I was blessed at the opportunity to be the national coach at a time when we had a group of athletes that 
were mature. Mm-hmm. So I had Dave Schultz and I had Bruce Bumgarner. And then we had Terry and Tom Brands and Kendall Cross and Sammy and, and Zeke Jones. So we have this mix of uh, older, experienced world medalists coming together with these young guys. And I've got to say, Scott, that when I got came back in 2000 and actually 2015 and 2016 for USA Wrestling, one of the first things I did, any training camp that I had, whether it was a world team training camp or an Olympic training camp, I made sure that the cadet world teams and the junior world teams were invited to that space. And so if I only had 40 beds at the Olympic Training Center, I made sure that 10 to 15 of those beds went to our younger elite athletes to get them around Mm -hmm. Jordan Burroughs and Turvell and Kyle Snyder. And they are so good with those young guys to have them be in the room with them. And that's what I had in 1993. Mm. The relationship between Dave and so many of the younger athletes, uh, and 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 I love the sport and I love to learn and and that's one thing for all your listeners. I don't care if you're in business or on the mat or whatever it is. Learning, continue to learn something new every day, and so in that realm, I just got this wealth of knowledge, Dave and and Bruce Bumgarner, and and then was able to to push that through, but see the experience. And, you know, every good program does it. They look at their lineup and they say, you know, I'm going to need, in two years, I'm going to need a 145-pounder. Right. And who's going to fill that bill? You don't start working on it that year. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. better be ahead of the game. And, <laughs> and so, I, you know... Getting Yanni, I mean, you could ask Yanni, you could ask a Dayton Fix, you could ask uh, Spencer Lee, you can ask these young kids experience was like our world team as they were here. Mm. And, and you can even go back to Lincoln McElravey. I can remember telling Leroy Smith, hey, I've got, when I was national developmental coach for one year, Leroy was a senior coach and I was like, hey, I've got this kid is really good and he's you know, he wants to come to the world team training camp and that just hadn't been done. So Leroy was like, well, I can't give him a bed. <laughs> you know, I've got, and the reality of it was he did come up, but he got his own room is his, his room up to the world camp and, and the, the rest is history. Right. right? right. With Link. I, I, I want to ask you, um, well, I, I don't want to miss the opportunity to ask you this question as good as Dave Schultz was, how coachable was he? Oh, that's a great question, Scott. So here's the deal. When I first got the job, he didn't like me. <laughs> and see him. I've been in the corner with Kenny Monday when Kenny beat him off the team in 88. And so that relationship started off poorly. But when you can give facts, facts, not made up stuff, not my opinion, right. but I could say, you know, Dave, you've been in this position 15 times in the three tournaments you wrestled in this year, and uh, you've scored once, and your opponent scored six times, and 
the rest were stalemated. This is not a good position for you unless you get better in it. And here's five things that will give you an opportunity to win the position. Well, if you tell them that on the phone and I just tell them that, they're like, oh, this guy. <laughs> you know, this guy, he hadn't won a world medal here. Who is this guy? Right. But when you set them down and you can freeze frame it and you could show them the 50 times they were in the position and what happened in that position, then it clicks like, holy oh. cow, <laughs> I, be I better get better in this position. <laughs> and, and Dave was, you know, Dave's a, a good guy and he loved wrestling and he loved to study and. So when he saw that and saw, I, I can remember he, he turned and kicked over his chair, right? Like, I can't believe I did that. You know, it's like, <laughs> but there it was, you could, you could watch it. And so without the video and the opportunity to study it and, you know, don't, don't ask the question if you don't have the answer to some of the elite guys. Right. So. Those situations, I already had the answer uh, to the questions when I posed it to them. And, and so what I'm going to say is it started off rocky, but became a, just a blessed relationship right. for me and him. And, and you know what? Um, in the time I got to spend with him, I found him to be very genuine, uh, you know, forward-looking, always wanting to get better. And that's the hallmark of what was and has become in his legend. Bruce Burnett has been our guest. Bruce, about three minutes uh, remain in the segment, and I would be remiss if I didn't ask your opinion of the opportunity for Team USA, men and women in freestyle, and, of course, our Greco squad. It's 27 days, 19 hours, and 24 minutes away. What is your opinion as far as Team USA in its preparedness, right, and its ability to compete on the international front in this day and age? Uh, good question. And this is my opinion because I haven't been at the camps and I haven't watched the athletes. I have had the opportunity to watch the trials right? and watch them compete. And I, I'll say they're, uh, we're a little bit behind in our preparation. And it comes down to one thing. And that's lack of good competition during the year. Mm. They, they weren't able to travel and compete like they should. Right. Now, make no mistakes. When Kyle Dake grabs a hold of you, <laughs> <laughs> it may not make any difference whether or not he competed. He, he is so good. And, you know, the rest of the world haven't, hasn't had the opportunity to compete against him either. And so question mark there but what what i'll say is the rest of the world they kept they kept competing they still went to other tournaments and the russian republics they got together and trained and competed against each other on a regular basis and so that that would be my only concern i think we have a a quality skilled team and i you know what? I can't wait to watch Gable Stevenson. Right. I mean, what a holy story. cow, is he good. He's a and horse. I want to watch him on the world stage. He reminds me of Stephen Neal when Big time. Stephen's first time out he won, you know? By the way, don't it's ever going to be exciting. Don't ever ask Stephen Neal out for dinner. 
Because when he, <laughs> not as bad as Rulin, but <laughs> he will get the biggest steak on him. On the menu, <laughs> and uh, we I, we spent some time when I was in the Marine Corps boot camp uh, for two weeks down in San Diego, and I called Stephen up, and he was at a carnival with his family, but he still had time to meet me and Jeremy Stevens of, of UFC fame um, for dinner, and uh, boy, it was a contest between these two as to who would eat what and drink what. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh gosh, Bruce, I got to tell you, as a friend and somebody I respect a great deal. Congratulations on your recent induction. You've been in other uh, uh, Hall of Fames before. The best of the best, the biggest of the best. And what we look at is the body of work. And it has been stellar. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your friendship and sharing your knowledge with the great wrestlers that we have today and those have gone on before. Thank you and congratulations, Bruce. Thanks, Scott. Blessings to you and thanks for all you do. God bless you. There we go. Bruce Burnett. Excellent coach. You take a look at his uh, his high school uh, coaching uh, acclimate. Think about this. He went, um, what was it, 100 and, uh, where's my numbers at? I wrote them down, 113 and 57, went at uh, the Naval Academy. That's huge. He began at Meridian High School in Idaho where he led his teams to a high, here's the number I was looking for, 154, 13 and 2 in dual meets. That's four state team titles, four finishes, six district titles, and nine conference titles, all between 74 and 87. This guy got off to the right start, obviously. Nobody respects uh, the sport more than he does, and by golly, he deserves the respect he's earned by a jury of his peers, putting him into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum. Kara Jones, our producer, we're going to take a short time out as you listen to this program. This is USA Takedown. Scott Casper, Kara Jones, on the side of the break on ESPN. Stay tuned. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown only on ESPN Radio. Appreciate you listening. You can always go back and listen to the podcast version of the program online at usatakedown.com. usatakedown.com. Follow along as well on Facebook, Twitter, and I think we're on Instagram. I, I, I'm not confident. I'm not the master of all things social media. I wish I was, but at my age, eh. Anyway, glad you're with us. <laughs> We've had some great guests on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline perhaps none better than our next guest. He is helping to organize and corral what we will have on next week's show, including Evan Wick, Bernie Truax, John Azevedo, uh, Chenzo Joseph, Enoch Francois. I mean, we've got some great guys coming up next week, but Joey Krebs joins us this week. He's our West Coast correspondent of news and information and photography, Joey Krebs. Joey, how are you? Good, but you must have called Pat Smith from Oklahoma. Pat Smith, the four-time national champion. I used to know Bruce Burnett out in Stillwater. How are you? I'm good, buddy. You always approach things with a humorous bend, and I appreciate that. Hey, I understand that uh, this move by Rob Cole at Stanford may not be the last move he makes in his assistant coaches at Stanford. There may be an associate head coach. What are you hearing? I'm hearing about Vincenzo Joseph and Dr. Enoch Francois actually joining the coaching staff at Stanford. And uh, they're going to be bringing one of the, probably one of the greatest coaches staff to Stanford. And they're going to 
give Arizona State Sun Devils a run for their money. Right, and that's important because that rising tide raises all boats. So as Stanford re-program after saying, hey, we're going to get rid of 11 uh, varsity-level sports, but they backed up on all of them. Let's face it, their endowment is so much that they could afford to go with no future investments. But they also raised $12 million to help fund the effort of retaining those sports, most notably wrestling. That's a big deal. It's a big deal for you. It's a big deal for me, but even bigger for the state of California. How so? Well, uh, Pac-12 is going to be a really very, very competitive uh, conference now, especially now that Arizona State, they're probably recruiting some of the nation's best, especially with some of the coaching staff and and Rob Cole bringing his competitive wrestling coaching position to that uh, going to be a really great year for wrestling in california especially it's it's reigniting like you said the word uh wrestling in, in california and as much as we're going to be talking to both uh, vincenzo joseph and and enoch francois next week to talk to you a little bit about what they bring vincenzo joseph has been named assistant coach for sure by rob cole but uh when you think about what he brings right now is the immediacy and his performance at penn state he brings that to the room so his search for excellence even on the international stage is predicated based on his uh his experience at penn state under kale sanderson how true would you say that is well i mean you could see he's a standout performer as a freshman winning the national championships and he's a pretty tough competitor he's his cv is correct uh the tay actually shows that he's a, a really standout and he's also been in the wrestling room with penn state uh, with jake Meyer and some of the really great athletes there so He's going to bring the quality of of, of standard of excellence. Now, see, I, excellence. I, and I, I don't know that I would have necessarily looked at him as an opportunity. I wonder if that phone call came from him to Rob Cole, and Cole said, you're in the mix, and then we're going to hire you. I think that's a great opportunity because he's able to be that glue between the 35-year-plus veteran and Rob Cole and those you know, 18- and 19-year-old kids coming into the program for the very first time. I think that glue is so very important in relatability. Would you say that's true? Definitely. I mean, he'll, he'll have a great recruiting skill out there in, in really selecting some of the greatest younger athletes coming into the collegiate ranks. So, you know, uh, before Bob Bowlesby took over the reins at Stanford, Iowa. okay, he was at Iowa. And he brings two. Uh, he has a tremendous love for the sport. He started as a wrestler, started as a coach, started as an official, and then uh, became the athletic director. Uh, I think he was the AD at UNI before Iowa. But anyway, he brings all that accreditation and his love for the sport. It surprised me when he left, saying he was going to retire, but instead he went to the Big Twelve as a commissioner there. So I got to believe the Twelve's in good hands. But the the pack. Uh, is right now needing this shot in the arm and bringing jo- Joseph out to be part of the uh, the Cardinal uh, program is huge. I remember being uh, announcing uh, Stanford Cardinal. I said Stanford Cardinals, and I was corrected by then coach, head coach Steve Buddy. And uh, those yeah. were formidable years, but uh, nonetheless, changes needed to happen. Just happened. Now we're having one of the level best coaches in the country straight out of the Ivy. Yeah, Rob Cole has, has done amazing at, at, at Cornell, and he's bringing some of the greatest East Coast coaching staff. You know, Dr. Enoch Francois was actually there, part of training uh, out at, at the uh, Cornell Redmond uh, wrestling room. Right, part of the RTC, well. yep. 
we also have some new additions as well. We've got Evan Wick, who's decided to come out to Cal Poly and Wisconsin Badgers and actually wrestled his last year with Coach John Asvito, John Saritas, uh, and also his younger brother, Luca Wick, and also his brother who's actually going to be working at the Regional Training Center. So seems there's a trend of going back to Cali. Um, you know, and that's the theme of next week's program. And, and uh, Joey, you always come up with great themes like you did, for example, with Rage Against the Machine, the band, when you helped formulate what became one of the most famous of all album covers. Uh, and by the way, that, that is the battle of LA, right? Well, it's, it's not rage against the machine. It's actually rage against the wash machine or angry <laughs> men against our appliances. Always bringing the humor to it. All right. So we, I want to go back to Dr. Francois. The first time I had an opportunity to get to know him was at the Bill Farrell. It took place that year at Hofstra. And here comes this guy, Enoch Francois, and we're doing play by play Matt's side. I can't remember who was my co-host on that event, but I will tell you this, we sat there with mouth agape. In other words, our jaw was hanging wide open because this guy had ultimate potential, body to die for, but skill beyond our comprehension, even at that event. Uh, we also saw Jordan Oliver compete in that event and so many other great guys. And that yeah. Bill Farrell is such an important uh, event. I hope they continue that. I truly do, because wrestling needs events. Um you know, with well, Bill Farrell was really important to Long Island wrestling as well. I mean, he really influenced oh, yeah. a lot of the great things with uh, Nick Gallo and all the great Long Island wrestling, what I call strong island wrestling. Exactly. And if you think about it, without Bill Farrell uh, being the 72 Olympic coach with Gable on that squad, et cetera, this was the time of uh, what I call elemental change. Okay. And Farrell was there fostering that change. He went on the Tonight Show, if you recall, in our. Uh, a salutation to Bill and his career upon his death. When I called NBC to ask for rights for the TV show to be able to put um, uh, a clip or two of Bill Farrell wrestling Johnny Carson on the mat from the New York Athletic Club on the stage of the Tonight Show, then live from New York, uh, NBC uh, LaSalle said to me, he said, Scott, why don't you just play the whole segment? I said, well, how long is it? He said, 22 minutes. I said, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I didn't have to yeah. say a thing. We just showed the, the entire episode, had to play the music at the front, but they understood the guys at NBC understood, uh, what wrestling means to us and to the wrestling fans out there. And so we did air that entire episode. It was fun watching Johnny, uh, and, and, uh, Bill compete on that. Well, I guess it'd be a quarter of the mat from the New York athletic club because they didn't have room to put out a half mat or a full mat for that matter. But um, I just love that event. Anyway, I, I, I digress. Uh, Dr. Francois uh, was a member of the U.S. Senior National Greco team in 2017 and a national place winner in 14, 15, 16, and 17. Spent time with Rob Cole while training full-time at Cornell. So that East Coast flavor, uh, expertise, et cetera, now finding its way out West. And this is one of the greatest movements. I think Chris Pendleton's addition as the head coach up at Oregon State, Oregon. breathing new life into that program. I think that's huge, too. And now you've got Skylar Grote, who is be going up to Oregon, right, to be a part of that yep. uh, RTC. And Isaiah Marti Martinez. Oh, Imar yeah. is actually one of the assistant coaches as well. Imar was scheduled to face Jordan Burroughs in a one-off event. I think it was only one match on that card. And that was a, a Hallmark match, but that has fallen apart. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure why there's a lot of supposition out there, but that will not happen is my understanding. Yep. Okay. 
Joey Krebs, our guest on the Newsmaker Hotline, the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. In your estimation, is this one of the best teams we could ever assemble to compete at the 20, uh, uh, Tokyo 2020? In other words, this team event, um, being the Olympic Games, it starts August 1st through the 7th. Uh, I'll be celebrating on my birthday, August 8th. But you look at these guys, this, this Olympic team is perhaps the best prepared, best determined and most determined team that I've seen in a long, long time. What are your thoughts? Well, I like Kyle Dake a lot. I've, I've seen him since he was competing at the high school wrestling nationals in Virginia Beach. And when I saw him on the mat, I thought this guy was going to definitely bring it. And when he ended up becoming a four-time national champion and then succeeding, defeating one of our greatest athletes, Jordan Burroughs, and then congratulating him and kind of consoling him on handing off the new kind of uh, leadership realm to him as a wrestler. And he was calling it for, he was actually, you know, putting Jordan in retirement. This guy is the guy that's going to basically destroy everybody at the Olympic Games. I mean, keep your eye on him. And you also have uh, Taylor, uh, the magic man, who's going to be doing very well. Is, um, should be a, a very interesting, very, very interesting uh, it's wrestling. A, it's really their time, right? I mean, this is an opportunity for Team USA to shine. Say Kyle Snyder is one of the faves going class it's easy to say that adeline gray helen marulis on for their weight classes as well but again that rising tide so acclimation camp for teams in japan will be held in nakatatsuwaga japan that's a lot of syllables but uh either way you're going to be able to watch uh the event in wrestling by the way on the olympic channel that is an nbc channel olympic channel uh, details are going to be issued by Team USA at teamusa.org. Uh, Marulis enters the Olympic Games with the 2015 world title under her belt. Uh, she was also the first United States Olympic uh, female to win Olympic gold. And she's kind of setting the bar for everybody, is she not? Yes, she is. She's amazing. There's some very talented women on that team as well that do very well. Got some really great. Talent. You think about who she faced and who she beat. Sayori Shida of Japan, a three-time Olympic champ and a thirteen-time world gold medalist. That was an insurmountable goal of Helen's to um, uh, to beat Yoshida, but she did just that. As a matter of fact, Marulis was considered to be the underdog, Joey, but on the match she knocked off one after another after another including this wrestling giant with a four-win victory at the Olympic Games. I was disgruntled because uh, the Nats paid to that momentous opportunity. They could have told the yeah. story of wrestling easily through her performance, but they chose to talk about uh, a swimmer having uh, you know, having some nefarious activities outside, and, and uh, that sadly paled uh, to Helen's uh, uh, experience and her uh, her performance at the Olympic Games in Rio. So I want to go back to Snyder for a minute, okay? He won the 2016 Olympic title at 97. He was a younger guy. Uh, always seemingly when going past a wrestling room or a weight training center, he can put on five pounds of muscle. The kid is super, super tough. And similar to Marulis, Snyder has collected world titles in 15 and 17 to bookend his Olympic gold medal. Also represented the U.S. in 18 and 19 at the World Championship, winning silver and bronze, respectively. That gave him the indication that he has still work to do. How important is that look back when looking forward? Well, I think that 
I mean, we, we've got a real great talent. I mean, Kyle's at the very best of, of his career. He should be doing incredibly well in his experience. He's sort of coming to to those matches with a lot of great experience. And mm-hmm. he's kind of a veteran at this point in time. So he should be a great performer. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a young veteran, well. though, right? I mean, a young veteran is huge because that means we might get him for another cycle completely. And and speaking of those that have been around for the cycle, right? Five-time world champ, 2016 Olympian, Adeline Gray at 76 kilos. Oh, she she's put her, amazing. Uh, she is absolutely amazing. I understand she's already there acclimating in Japan uh, for the competition of a lifetime at the Olympic Games. Joey, it's always good to talk to you, my brother. Thank you so much. We'll look forward to having you on the show again next week uh, to talk California wrestling as we head back to Cali. Cali. <laughs> Thanks so much, Scott. Appreciate it. All right. God bless you. He's our West Coast correspondent, as always, Joey Krebs, the Phantom Street Artist, one of the best taggers, one of the best street artists in the world today is recognized by his peers. This program is brought to you in part by USA Takedown. Wild Rose Casino and Resort by here.com. That's here.com forward slash Casper by Trent Weatherman, your Northwestern mutual financial consultant and by defense. soap. by mullets restaurant on Des Moines South side, right by the ballpark. Great food, incredible, incredible atmosphere. They love wrestling. And I know you will love them too. By burying apparel when only the best will do also by Matt Calderberg and PBS landscaping by Paul Sazinski and Jim Sinclair by Don Boyd and his five top, Five Talents Wealth Management Group, Advantage Physical Therapy by Mark Cody and his Presbyterian College Blue Hose Wrestling Program, and by Hassle Free Marketing. Also by Stalemates Channel on YouTube. We appreciate them so very, very much. Our executive producer, as always, Kara Jones. You've been listening to the legends of the sport right here on USA Takedown with Scott Casper. It's a pleasure. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for listening to ESPN Radio.